If you are new to this program, this is Mike McCurry Live. It's a long-form, conversational-style interview podcast. I hope this program, this podcast, is as much of a blessing to you as it is to me. If you have any questions, comments, or critiques, let me know on social media at Mike McCurry or drop a line on my website, MikeMcCurry.com. That's M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-U-R-R-Y. Now, I hope you enjoy and God bless. Three, two, and one. I believe we are live with Brother Calvin Allen. Uh, howdy with the folks for just a second. Tell us uh, in 50 words. Tell us who you are, sir. Oh, I've never done that before. Um, I'm Calvin Allen. I am an evangelist, local church evangelist, and I travel everywhere across the states and Canada, uh, mostly, and uh, been mission trips and so forth. I got saved. I was born in Gary, Indiana, and I moved to Milwaukee when I was five. I got saved at Faith Baptist Church, and I served on staff there after college for 13 years, almost 14 years, and I've been evangelism for almost three years next month. Very cool. Awesome. Now, I, I didn't count how many words that was. It's got to be close. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, so you mentioned uh, Canada and U.S. and all that. Obviously, you live somewhere up north. Where, where do you live about? I live in the Milwaukee area, um, just south of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which I've, I've lived here pretty much the last 32 years, except for college. Very cool. Now, where did you go to college at? Texas Baptist College. Very cool. And awesome. Actually, actually, they changed their name after I left. It's, okay. it's Tex- Texas Independent Baptist Seminary now. Got, got to make it just a little bit more theologically sound. Yeah, Independent yeah. Baptist. Amen. <laughs> That's Amen. exactly right. <laughs> so local church evangelist for how many years you said now? For three years. Awesome. Um, I've, I've traveled off and on throughout the entire time I've been in the ministry, but I felt the Lord leading me. And we can kind of talk about that later, I guess, a little bit. Sure. But the Lord was leading me. And it was so obvious. I, I probably threw, you know, like Gideon only threw out two fleeces, I think. Right. I threw out, I threw out like 102. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> so had to be sure. I'm telling you, I, did, I had no desire to leave my church, but the Lord was moving. And so I was like, okay, we'll, we'll obey. We'll follow. There you go. Now you have a um, good pastor, Brother Dean Noonan. Oh, and yes. uh, he's, he's a good guy. I uh, have a chance to, I uh, think, I'm trying to think here. He is the only varsity head coach that I never played for. So he, I don't think he likes me very much at Whoa. Midwest Christian Boys football camp. I played for um, Cecil Ballard on Red JV back in sure. the day, way back in the day, um, but never got drafted to Red Varsity. Everybody Ooh. else, a couple times to Burgundy, a couple times to Blue, once to Green, and so anyway, I, I, mean, I don't think he likes me, but that, that, that that's all right. I'll, he actually he actually personally told me he didn't before I told him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wondering that. I was wondering that. So local church evangelist, what is in that job description besides everything for someone that has no idea what an evangelist <laughs> does? What are you doing? So, you know, I, I actually, the funny thing is I don't really like that term um, just because I don't, I, it, it sounds weird coming from me that I would say I don't like that term. Sure. Um, but I, I like the term revivalist probably more than evangelist. Okay. I feel like evangelist is more, you know, like running crusades and um, soul winning campaigns. And so that, that, not that I've never done that. But that's that's not everything that I do. And so, you know, I kind of feel like it's a misnomer at times um, from what a biblical evangelist is. I, I probably would fall more in the lines of a preacher, um, 
you know, a little bit of a profit in there. But um, but yeah, so so for those that don't know, essentially, I travel full time to churches. Um, I put on uh, mainly my main focus is revivals. So uh, mainly revivals. Uh, I've done Bible conferences before, missions conferences. I've preached those. Um, and again, that's not my forte, although I love missions. And um, I've been on the mission field. I've been to Asia. I've been to uh, the Caribbean and Haiti. Um, but and of course, Canada, but that doesn't count. That's like, you know, northern Wisconsin. But uh, <laughs> so but I love missionaries. I, lo- I have more missionary friends than I can shake a stick at. Um, but uh, and here's a little factoid. Also, I, I, I can say hello in 26 different languages. There you go. And so some I know more than others. Um, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but my goal is this year to be fluent. Um, but I have been so winning in Spanish also. But uh, I can count in five languages. So I just I just I love cultures. I love languages of people. And so that's something that has always interested me. But. You know, so missions conferences, I, I still love doing them. Uh, I do Christian school revivals. And uh, and recent, recently, I just, I haven't done one in years, but music clinics. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting ready to do one. Most people don't know that I was a music director actually for 13 years. Okay. And so um, I've, I've taught piano, voice, um, obviously uh, choral music in, in the high school level um, and all those different things. I've recorded 13 or 14 different CDs, but I also work with choirs and getting the most, I, I can, I, I feel like I can do a lot vocally with the person, give me about an hour with the choir. I can probably have them singing louder and with more, um, uh, pathos emotion than they've mm-hmm. probably sung before. And so that's where I'm looking forward to. I, I actually got another one coming up here soon. Um, so that's one of the things I'm very passionate about is, is music and, and music done first class, um, I think a lot of times organizationally, sometimes people are there, but, you know, as far as uh, sometimes with the revivalistic spirit, but also with vocal technique, I think people are lacking. Sure. And so for, for the last 20 years, I've been working on it and studying the voice. And so I think that's a lot that I can offer churches. Um, so that's what I do mainly. I travel full time, special days. I've done bus camps. I've done camps, a lot of youth conferences. Um, and so I'm all over the board except for, you know, like prophecy conferences. There you go. There you go. So many hats, different, a lot of different things going on. Um, now how how many different churches or, or ministries are you in, in a normal year? Okay. So I, I didn't check on 20, 18 yet. I'm like, what year are we in? But I didn't, I didn't check 2018 yet, but, um, 2017, I was in, I believe it was 38 to 40 different churches. Awesome. Um, and so I know it was even increased this past year. And so that, that's just unbelievable blessing. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm as busy. Like I said, I, I never planned on leaving my church at all. Um, And that's also incredible thinking that I've never advertised. Hmm. Um, And I'm not saying I'm against those that do. I I always have this conversation because, you know, I've talked with brother, brother Hall at Providence and Mm -hmm. and he's wanting me to come there sometime. Um, I've preached probably in, you know, three or four different Bible colleges. And they're always, some student always comes up to me and say, Hey, I want to be an evangelist. What should I do? And uh, first thing I told him to do, and, and if they listen to this, I hope people listen to this. I think you ought to go serve in a church for at least two years. Hmm. Um, 
I think my pastor and I, long before I was, I actually was an evangelist, we had this conversation because I was kind of his administrative assistant there for Pastor Noon. I was, I mean, we were basically joined at the hip. I could tell people what he was going to tell them in counseling sessions before sure. he told them, you know, sure. so, but we had conversations like this all the time. And so we thought if somebody calls me and wants to come to my church and they don't have any experience in church ministry, right? What, I mean, yes, they can preach. But if a guy, but for me, it's, I, I, I know how to preach, but it's also, I know what it's like to invest in somebody and to try to disciple them and bring them up. And so I don't preach in a way to run people off. Sure. Because I sure. know how hard it was to get that person to that point. Right. Right. And so, and plus I can come in as, as with the experience that I have, I can come in and help them with the music program. Mm-hmm. I can help them. I was a, I've been a soul director. I've been a bus captain before. Um, I've been a nursing home preacher before. Um, so I've cleaned toilets, you know, so you it's go. like, you know, I, all these different things that I think a guy uh, needs to have uh, some experience under him. But then I, I never advertised. I never sent out a letter from my pastor. Everybody said, you got to send out a letter. You got to revival, you know, revival fires, this newspaper, that newspaper. And I just never done it. Um, partly because I was like, you know what? I want to know that God's doing this. Sure. Because I had no desire to leave my church. Right. So it was so like. That was one of 102 fleeces for you then. Exactly. <laughs> right. But no, what you're saying is exactly right. I mean, um, I've I've found and just knowing a lot of people that a lot some of the best pastors some of the best people in ministry were very successful in other careers and God sure. moved them to other things. Um, when you demonstrate proficiency and excellence in one thing, um, it, it lends itself to being uh, being good at something else as well. And same to be true for uh, evangelism or, or anything. Um, if you yeah. can't if you can't do the local church ministry, then to call yourself in a local church evangelist is is a hard thing um, exactly. to be able to. And, and thankfully, so many of the good men that come to uh, to football camp uh, and, and, and a lot of the different ministries and a lot of evangelists that I know, I think of like you know yeah. Todd Monaghan or somebody. He, he's bringing people down the aisle every other every week. Uh, you know, please, uh, please, in, in, in please don't mention his name. He's, <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. But, but he, he, he does he does such, such great work in his home Absolutely. church, um, and he, he's just it's spilling over into other people's ministries yeah. as well. And uh, so that's I, awesome. I, I feel like one of the one of the lost attributes is loyalty in our generation, mm. and uh, part of that loyalty, and, and it's not a biblical character trait, although it is. It's mm-hmm. what it is is the, the word loyalty is not in the Bible; it's the word faithful. Mm. That's in scripture. Right. And if you cannot be faithful over the few things, mm-hmm. how can you be ruler over many? Right. Right. And so Jesus taught, you know, if you cannot, if you cannot teach as I have, you know, if you can't teach a first grade boy Sunday school class. Right. And, yeah. you know, or run a rally time or, you know, I, I it's funny because I always tease that I don't particularly care for children's ministry, although I love doing it. Once right. I do it, it's, it's the weirdest thing. But, but, but if you, if my preacher asked me to do it, I would, I did it. Right. And right. so, well, and that, that's another great point. If you won't listen to what your pastor asks you to do, you're probably not going to hear what God wants you to do either. Yeah. And, and it kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. I, th- I think people would be surprised at how, many evangelists aren't truly local church. Hmm. 
And and I, I don't I don't I never criticize people. You know, I, I, I let God deal with anybody. Sure. But I think sometimes we I mean, it, it's to the place where you've got people that are they live in one state and they're a member of a church. And another. it's like that's not sure. like how does your do you ever do you ever talk right. to your pastor and say, sure. hey, preachers, any anywhere on my schedule where, you know, you wouldn't prefer me to go or, you know, am I getting too busy in my schedule? Right. Am I not right. at home enough? You right. know, those are all things that if we're truly local church, you know, those are some things you've got to consider because, you know, some people, they're not pastorable or they're not putting sure. themselves under the authority of the local church while claiming to be local church. And so, you know, when I'm at home, I'm I'm in my church. I'm in my local church. I try to I schedule myself to be home during our yearly revival. Um, I may a lot of times miss the Sunday, but I will not miss you know, the, the meat of the revival in our missions conference. Those right. are two things I've pretty much always scheduled to be at home because I want to stay connected to my church yeah. you know, and, and I enjoy singing while I'm here. So, mm-hmm. but and again, to say that we, we've got to learn and teach these young people that if you're going to um, be a help to churches, be a help to your church first. Right. And and then I think God will elevate, God will honor that as you right. same thing with missionaries. You know, if you're going to be a missionary, you know, the greatest thing you could do, I've I, I noticed lately that a lot of more missionaries are serving with another missionary first mm-hmm. and then launching out from there. Right. You know, versus, OK, we're going to go in the middle of this city here and we're going to, you know, and not that it's the worst thing you can do. But right. I thought, man, if you can get that extra training, that real hands on that, you know, we Bible colleges, I know it's supposed to be sure. hands on, but it's just sure. not the same. Sure. You know, and Absolutely. so I think that's that's a great, great thing as an evangelist to, to stay local church. But that's always my advice to guys. And so the Lord has kept me busy with with that mentality. I've never advertised. I've never called one preacher in three years and said, you know, I want to meet. And I'm not against those that do. Sure. You know, but that's just that, that to me. I, again, I always tell the Lord, if you dry up my meetings, that that means I need to move on. Right, right. So. Yeah, and, and, and talking about you know being faithful in little things and not being too big for anything. You know, um, uh, I always appreciate the guys, and there be people that come to your mind as well as mine when you talk about people that are that are just down to earth. They're not above talking to anybody. They're not above. Um, yes. uh, we had a um, God bless America prayer rally uh, this, this afternoon. And sure. Scott, Scott Polly was here uh, kind of running that. Um, and uh, just, just watching him interact with people he's never met before. Um, we had some folks uh, come is, you know, it's independent fundamental Baptist prayer rally had some sure. folks come from the, uh, the Latter day saints church come. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, and, it wasn't like he was the, I don't know what they call him. It wasn't like he was a pastor. It was this, this, this lady and sure. uh, God bless her. Thank you. Thank you. You know, for, for sending her, I, I was praying the whole time. I was like, it was a prayer meeting and you know how, you know, testimonies or people, public oh, prayer and things like yeah. that. And you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, around our church, we get some odd folks and all that. Um, but watching after the service, she came up and talked to brother Paul and just, you know, the way his demeanor and just the way he interacted with her, she wasn't below him and, and all yeah. of that. And so I appreciated that. Absolutely. And, uh, so it, it's That's... one of those things where you have the opportunity to impact so many people going all over the country, but you can't just, you can't, you can't get too big for your local church. Exactly what yes. you're saying. Um, you, one, you can't go that. Two go things, ahead. two things. I think if, if my pastor always reminds me that he's praying for two things for me and he also reminds me, to be these two things is to stay holy and stay humble. Hmm. 
Hmm. I cannot tell you how many texts I've got from the preacher or conversations we've been in. And he says, stay holy, keep yourself clean, keep yourself pure, keep yourself on the right track. Um, morally, you know, uh, spiritually, all these different areas, keep yourself on track, but then also stay humble and God sure. will use you. Um, I was, I, I thought it was a great, and I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Dr. Bob Gray Jr. Mm-hmm. He and I, we preached together last week in Colorado and he's preached. I mean, he, as a teenager, he preached to me and just, just God used him to, to, to change my life. And uh, as an alumni of his, his college now, it was, uh, it was interesting because we had, he had never heard me preach and we had never preached together. We had never really been in the same meeting where we even sang or preached at the same time. And, uh, but he, you know, much like myself, I, I and I get it from Pastor Noonan. Pastor Noonan is like your fishing buddy. You know, he's just that guy that just, you know, he, he'll come up behind you and, and, you know, pour a cup of water on you and, and, but he'll pray with you too. It just, he's just right. a good balance. And so but it was like both of us, they had to pull us, brother Bob and I at this meeting, this youth conference they had to almost pull us both away each night. Cause we were talking to so many people after the service. And so it's like, those are the kind of preachers that I want my kids around to, mm-hmm. you know, those that I can just shoot the breeze with. And, and I'll give you a good story here. This is, this is, uh, so I was up in, uh, you mentioned Canada. And so, mm-hmm. For the last two years, I've preached in the Arctic Circle in August. Cool. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's literally cool. No, <laughs> but, so I was up there, and this man, one of the men from the church, he's old, probably one of the older men in the church, and, and his name's Tommy, and uh, Tommy Wright. And he's old. He's, he's part American, part Native Canadian. And so he's going on and on about how this preacher, I think it was Brother Bickish, if I'm not mistaken, American preachers started their church up there. It's a, it's 120 miles north of the Arctic Circle line, mm-hmm. uh, a city called Inuvik. And Brother Bickish used to bring them to the States and, you know, fly them. He was a pilot, I guess, and he flew them and in and out of the you know the States and everything else before you needed a passport. And he said, yeah, he said one time, he said, uh, Brother Bickish took us to the States and, and He's like, we went to Texas and we went and he's like, we, he took us to the south and one of the ice. I forget where it was, but it was somewhere in Louisiana. And he said there, there was this guy there and he had these boats and he took us hunting. And he's like, every one of us loved to hunt. And he was like, he was like a mink hunter or something like that. And and he's like, he's like, yeah, his name was Keith Gomez. And he, and he then then he says, I have no idea what happened to that guy, but he was a really good hunter and fisher. <laughs> I was like, what? So I got to That's tell him, cool. I was like. You have no idea how God, right. but, but only thing he remembered was this guy took me hunting and fishing mm-hmm. and he made an impact on him that 30 some years later, he still remembered his name. Right. Right. You know, and that's just like whether somebody hears me preach or not, maybe it's just even a conversation with me after the service or they said, you know, I want you to pray for my dad. And we prayed and they said, hey, remember five years ago when you, you know, that's the impact I want to make. It's not sure. It's not necessarily a big name. I just I just want the Lord to use me in those kind of ways. Right. That's awesome. Very cool. So you you have uh, a a lot of preaching going on, a lot of well serving in local church as well. Uh, What else? What are the hobbies? A leading question here. What are the hobbies besides music uh, that we might be interested in? I knew we were going to get to jujitsu one night. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) one time. But I I am super passionate about uh, uh, martial arts, but now specifically Mm jujitsu. It's one of those things like people have their. People have sometimes a preconceived notion about uh, 
my wife says I need to back up. My face is close to the screen. <laughs> okay. But that's I just all right. You're good. She You're must good. be chimed. She must be chimed in. But, uh, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, so jujitsu, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about it, but some people have it in their mind. Like it's like this mystical, anything dealing with the martial arts is a mystical thing. And I'm like, there's nothing mystical about it whatsoever. Um, but, um, I got interested in it years ago watching the ultimate fighting championship and mm-hmm. it was basically started to prove the effectiveness of jiu-jitsu and so it's mainly a ground fighting art it's not only ground fighting but that's the main gist of it um and it's almost like an alligator pulling an alligator cannot beat a lion on land right but if you will pull him down to his territory he's the king he might be the king of the jungle but he's not the king of the river mm-hmm. and so you know you basically make a person play on your terms but so if if to put it in perspective here i, I train i teach um about four classes a week if i'm in town uh, there's four assigned classes for me to teach um uh, monday at noon monday night wednesday at noon and thursday nights so whatever part of the week I'm in, I will teach those classes, but I'm also training an additional three times a week besides that. And so um, it's a great workout. Um, I wanted to be around a long time for my kids. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was already working at a gym, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to take up jujitsu. And I literally anytime I'm in a pastor's home, if he has kids, I, they will learn some jujitsu before I leave. Uh, right. I taught pre- preachers, wives, preachers, daughters, especially they just a couple different things that could really help them and save them. I was today I was I had a uh, yesterday I was here at home. I'm home this week. I'm preaching in our Spanish church tomorrow here at home. But, uh, um, I just had a yesterday training session for about an hour and 45 minutes, which we haven't gone that long in a session in a long time. And then this morning also generally after soul winning time, I will go over and train for about an hour, um, with our guys. And, and so it, it's a lot of fun. It's, I, I wish more preachers would get into it. Uh, I wish more Christians would get into it just because, you know, it's, it's just good to know. I believe the Bible says, if you provide not for your own, you're worse than an infidel. And I don't, I think that's also their self-defense. So at at the least you ought to have a sword by your side, you know, a biblical sword, which nowadays for us is a M16, but anyways, (laughs) no, but, uh, but I think you ought to defend them physically also and provide defense for them. Um, all three of my, well, two of my boys right now, two of my three boys are in jujitsu and my youngest, we're working on him. He's only six, but uh, we'll work. He'll, he'll play around the house with his brothers, but he's not quite into class yet. Sure. Well, yeah. it's one of those skills that um, in, in this, well, in any day and age, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But speaking of the martial arts, um, we are, as Christians even, we are so detached from back in the day when you had yeah. to go kill that deer to survive. That's what yeah. it's like it was you kill or be killed. And that's how it was or just die of starvation. Um, yeah. But we're so detached from because because we can go down to Walmart or Target or whatever and get everything we need. We feel yeah. like we're everything's good. Um, but civilization is great until uncivilized people, you know, it cause a problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and of all of the those that, you know, it, it, it's not just for the Calvin, you know, um, touting the um, efficacy of jujitsu. There's a reason that every, basically every single martial arts champion in, uh, in the UFC, in MMA, 
at least has a working knowledge of jujitsu. It used to be back Absolutely. in the day, the champion was normally a jujitsu practitioner. Now yep. all of them are. It's just how good of one you are. And obviously exactly. there's other layers with Taekwondo, Judo, and, and all the yep. other things that, that go on to that and just striking in general wrestling. Um, yeah. But there's one that kind of trumps all. And if you yeah. don't know that, you are – because what was the stat? I, I, I know it's absurd, but how many percentage of fights go to the ground like a street fight? Is it like ninety percent or what? It's is- it's ninety uh, percent or above. Right. I mean, you you all you have to do is really just watch a video of somebody <laughs> fighting. Right. Right. So it's like it's gonna go there. Right. So you really, you know, and there's always a lucky punch, but that's why I mean, I took I, I karate, taekwondo before, but I also know how to, you know, jujitsu is about managing the distance. Mm-hmm. So if I take away your ability to hit me. Like I, I either I can stand close enough to you where you can't even get any oomph behind that punch, right. or I can be so far away. So if a jujitsu guy can manage his distance, he's he wins that fight. I mean, right. nine point nine times out of ten, he wins that fight. Right. And if you um, if you don't like getting punched, then jujitsu is a really good option for you because oh, for sure. correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're competing, it's scored based the positions pin well not pins but they're they're scored based off of how efficient you'd be able to strike someone from that position. If you have them in some case, I know submissions and yes. things like that, but if you if you have full mount on somebody when you're sitting on their chest, you can kind of rain things on their face. <laughs> and they, they, they can't do anything to stop you. Now you wouldn't do that in a jiu-jitsu competition, but right. if you're ever put in that position but, and, and if you want to have the ability to protect your family, yeah. If you live in a state that's not communist, go get yourself. Um, yeah, which, which, but you know, that, but you, I, you know, some of these videos you see, you know, some of these guys where you don't understand, you don't even get to your gun. You, you don't have yeah. a chance. Um, and most guys, they, if they fire more than 50 rounds to their pistol in a year, that that's a lot for them. Um, yeah. And so whether they'd be able to pull it out without dropping it is, I mean, in all seriousness, if you have just as P- PSA, if you have a weapon trained with it, otherwise right. it's useless to you. Um, yep. But same with your body. You have one, God gave it to you, use it, uh, practice. Yep. And now so we, that's awesome. Go ahead. We, we were, you know, I, and, and we'll get back to spiritual things in a minute, but uh <laughs> We, I, I've had different guys. Um, one of the guys at our gym, and he he was more advanced than I was, but he's been he's been a an MMA person, but he also worked security okay. um, for different places. And and I said to him, because I'm a concealed carry, you know, my wife has her license also. I have my license to carry. And I said, okay, I said let's do this scenario. I said you and I are going to be talking, and I'm going to threaten you. You're going to try to pull a gun on me, and by the time he pulled his gun, all I all I had to do was stabilize his wrist and punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. I just I just did the motions. Right. But I said, you you have to be you have to understand there's a way to draw your gun even. Mm-hmm. But but what it is is jujitsu puts you in a martial mentality, mm-hmm. in a mindset of distance and leverage, and so it doesn't matter what the tool is; it just matters that I need to manage the distance between you and I. Right. You know. So whether it's positioning my fire hand away from your body, you know, that's just it's another distance thing. So I think it's 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 crucial. I like that you pointed out that. Um, uh, the different points are awarded in jujitsu tournaments based upon your ability to strike your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great tactician, John Donaher, that kind of pointed that out. And he, he I know of whom you like, speak. Yes. And so I was, I was, I was listening to him one day do an interview and I was like, Oh, oh by the way, I, I'm, I think I'm going to have him on the podcast next week. So yeah. stay, stay tuned for that. 
<laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead. Although I, I think he's an atheist. So I'd like I'd like to witness to him, actually. There you go. Um, uh, but I know Brother Todd has witnessed to a lot of those guys. He actually, a couple of them led to Christ, um, awesome. professional fighters. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he pointed that out, and I thought, yeah, you're right, because – you know, the highest scoring positions are mount and then back mount, which means they have no defense from behind them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's 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 still training you for a martial situation. Right. And, you know, the crazy world we're living in is it's it's amazing. I had one of one of my two students one day. They were in my fundamentals class. And their dad would bring them in every day and he would stay there and watch the class and would videotape certain techniques so they could go home and work on them. Well, there was a uh, he was at the uh, lakefront here at the beach in our area. And there was a guy who was, you know, a little bit inebriated. And um, um, he said he said, you know, before I knew what I was doing, that the guy was threatening my friend. And I, I kind of thought, you know, why don't you go somewhere? And he said, before I knew it, the guy had thrown a punch at me. I blocked it. I turned him around and choked him. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, I just held it for a couple of seconds and let the guy go. And the guy just like stumbled off and wondering what just happened to me. And that was just from a guy who was watching our classes. Right, right. You yeah. know, so we, we've got to be as far as, you know, there's a lot of people on here that are, that are soul winners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had an incident here years ago where, thank the Lord, nothing crazy happened. But a man ended up slapping a lady. Hmm. Uh, one of our soul winners. Now, our pastor and his brother went to find that guy later. But uh, I'll just say he's never been heard from since. <laughs> but no, they, they didn't find Don't him. mess with Probably. Brother Noonan. Man, don't, either one of them, man. <laughs> either one of the brothers just like, just give it up. But uh, but I think had, had that lady, I would have loved to have taught that lady beforehand. Sure. Some self-defense that if somebody swings at you, you know, you put your arm out, you just block their bicep. You just stop mm-hmm. their bicep, stops all of their motion, stops all of the force. And so, you know, we, we were talking about our new gym. We're building a new building right now. We're doubling the size of our property right now. Building. Awesome. And uh, that's one of the first things we talked about was getting getting some classes in. So but uh, I'd like to get my wife studying more. And uh, but she's watching the boys classes also. And so I know she's gleaning some wisdom, at least right. from that. So so I like it. I like that's it. Awesome. That's, that's one of my passions. I preach it everywhere I go um, and because it's a, it's a way of thinking. Also, it, it mm-hmm. teaches you to face your problems. It teaches you to um, to, to stop. You know, the Bible says, be still. And, know. you know, brother, I think we have the same glasses. We might little like a wood texture on the side yeah oh man the, the great Smiley. minds what is it what, what is it here i don't know it's a, great it's a, yeah bl- yeah black yep. brown ricky smiley that's it man great what minds speak alike there you go <laughs> I, I i was i was like it was like looking in a mirror for a second here yeah i thought you are kind of darker skin so it's... <laughs> yeah and, and in the summer i get really dark so yeah, joking I, I posted that that picture of you in my instagram story of uh, um, looking a little bit um how should oh, we yeah. say um <laughs> arabic or or yes. you know middle eastern middle and eastern, so yeah. it, it, if i grow this out just a little bit um oh, i can, can definitely with a jewish descent i can i can definitely pass for uh, uh, we went to israel two years ago and i did not look too out of place so big big schnoz wow. and everything I, it was good to go so <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> yeah but no man but that, that's where you know i i i'm a firm believer in jiu-jitsu i try to spread it everywhere i go but i love the mentality behind it it you know the bible says that's what i was getting to be still mm-hmm. be still and know that i am god and one of the things it did for me is being in some terrible positions but being able to find a peace in the midst of a storm. Hmm. 
And I think people have lost that ability and men have lost that ability to not crumble when everything is stacked against you and everything has gone wrong and you, you know, you're in a position where it's like you mentally you could give up right now or -hmm. you could say, you know what? I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I, I told some guys this afternoon, I was training after our training session and I was just giving them some extra little instruction and, and help. But I said, you know, the thing you want to do is improve to the next thing. You don't have to make a big sweeping motion. It's just what's in front of you face the issue, always mm-hmm. face the person and get something between you and them. And just little by little, you know, and that's the Christian life really. It's just, it's getting, you know, I love it. A song that says, uh, it talks about Jesus was standing between me and the storm. And it's mm-hmm. like, I just need, I just need to be still right now. Mm-hmm. And I need to, he's going to show up. The skill's going to show up and I'm going to be all right. Right. You know? So that's why I love it, man. I, that's, as you can tell, that's one of my passions. Yeah, absolutely. Now, practically speaking, if someone wanted to get into jujitsu, how should they pick a gym? What are they looking for? What are some keys? Not instead of just going to the one place sure. that says jujitsu or BJJ yeah. or whatever. How how should they pick a gym? Okay, so there it it depends on what they want out of that gym. Okay, for example, there's there's a really high high pressure competition gym near us. Nothing wrong with it, but you're going to get that style and they're going to push you to compete. You know, a lot of younger guys there. I mean, a lot of injury prone stuff. And so I didn't join there because that's not really at the stage of life I am. You know, um, I know I look young, but I'm, I'll am i be 38 in a couple months. Whoa. And so I know. And uh, but uh, so, I mean, so that's not what I wanted. Right. So our gym is kind of a good mixture. Um, we have people that compete, but we also have people that did just do it. So I would look for what I want in that gym. If I'm looking for self-defense stuff, then if you look on a gym's website and you know, they have 200 trophies and medals, you probably don't want to go there if you're not competitive. Um, but then also look for look for go in it. Just take a class. Mm hmm. You know. So many of them offer free classes in different yes. things or even a month, two months of free classes. Yeah. So, yeah, mostly like we have a we have a deal going right now for I think it's a 30 day deal or 20 classes, whatever it is. And uh, so guys can check it out and see if it's what they want. They can get some basic you know, training in jiu-jitsu, but then see if they want to pursue it. Um, so that's that's one of the things that you should do. Definitely check place. Uh, don't just check out the first place you see. You may find out that this the guy is a world champion there, but he doesn't know how to teach very well. Sure. You know, right. which you may find a guy who maybe is a lower belt, but he's a really great transfer of knowledge of jujitsu. And mm-hmm. I would rather learn from that guy any day. Um, I've had instructors in the past that were high level, but they just weren't good at communicating. And and so, I man, I'd rather get somebody that's that's, you know, skilled in transferring knowledge. Right. You know, right. it's like the, the, the theologian is not always the greatest preacher. So. Right. You know, you have to find that balance of, of where you're going to go to school. Um, price may be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some gyms that we we annihilate them as far as competition goes in our jiu-jitsu, but they charge more than two times what we charge. Mm-hmm. So we're finding now we're getting students from these places that are like, man, it's better jiu-jitsu and it's half the price. 
Right. So, you know, so it, it depends on what you're looking for. Now, if they got quality and they're worth it and you got the budget, by all means. Right. Um, but those are just some, you know, first reaction kind of practical and getting in jujitsu. I think every parent, man, if there's a, you got to get your kids in some martial art, mm-hmm. but if you can get them in jujitsu young, um, it's going right. to help with a lot of, especially your boys, man. I, yep. my, I want my boys. I was like, I don't care if you quit, if you get your blue belt after, you know, so many years, you can quit after that. Sure. Um, but a blue belt, it, just all it, the you're, you're going to be at a blue belt. You're going to be be able to physically take on 90% of the population and win yep. in, in a knockdown drag out if you had to. Um, yep. What would be your, um, all things being equal, someone says, I, I barely have the time. I don't really have the money. What is your pitch to, and reason, I'm sticking on this for a reason, and probably the same reason you would, because yeah. I think people need to learn how to control their bodies, learn how to um, yeah. defend themselves, um, get, get in touch with that. Uh, I've done a, f- a few trial classes. I'm not actively in it right now, though I would like sure. to just with the uh, sure. time of life and all that stuff. Yeah. But man, we, they, they asked me, um, have you ever rolled before? Meaning, have you ever, for those yeah. who don't know, have you ever sparred with somebody, you know, in a, yeah. just kind of a, I don't know how, how, how what you guys do, but they did six minute rounds or something. Yep. And uh, dude, I did two rounds. And I was going to, I was literally going to die. I was going to die. I was so exhausted. I was going to, I was, I was this close to throwing up. Like no joke. I went into the bathroom thinking I hate throwing up. I'm about to throw up. But what it was, was it was a wake up call that you ain't as bad as you think you are. Yeah. And, and and talk about being humble. That's a really good way to be humble. When you get thrown around by someone literally half your size, I'm a pretty hefty guy and I'm not yeah. super weak or anything. Yeah. Um, and when someone has only been doing it for 12 months and is blowing you away. <laughs> and, but all that to say, I mean, it, it, and I, probably for you, I mean, it, it, like you talk about mindset, um, just like those that take the time, spend the time on the daily basis to read their Bible, pray, walk with God. It, yeah. The comparison, it, you, you know, when you when you walk into a room and and something bad goes down, spiritually speaking, you're yeah. dealing with a bad situation, counseling a teenager away from a bad situation. You're forearmed. You're for for you're ready to, yes. to, to deal with it. But on the other side, I mean, but in those situations, normally someone isn't going to die. Yeah. In the re, in I say real life, but you know what I'm saying. When you're in a bad situation, though, thankfully Christians don't find themselves in the, you know that scene very often. Yeah, but you never know. You never know. Um, you know. And, the, yeah, go ahead. The, the scripture tells us Second Timothy two fifteen is it study to show that silver proven unto God, mm-hmm. a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So the shame, mm-hmm. rightly divided in the word of truth, and when you are not prepared spiritually that way, you will become ashamed because you when you could have been preparing. We were sloughing off or not paying attention or going through it whole hum. Mm-hmm. And we should have been prepared. We should have been studying to show ourselves approved. So there's approval or a shame. Right. Okay. And when you train your body as well as your spiritual body, your spiritual mind, you are getting to the place where if I had to defend my wife, I would not have to do it with shame and say, oh, honey, I, you know, kids, sorry, you know, dad got, you know, <laughs> dad got whooped, you know, it's like, right. it's like I, and I feel it's the same way. It's, it's when, you know, just to give you an idea. So yeah. I, I, I rolled three rounds today just with one of my partners, three in a row, with uh-huh. a young, young guy, young wrestler guy, um, uh, just starting out, but his brother does it and you know, he, he's kind of got him into it and, and he's got a lot of natural skill for it because he wrestled in high school. Right. But, uh, 
but so he we were the last two there and i was like hey you want to still roll and he's like oh yeah let's do at least one well we ended up doing a three in a row and that was after i'd rolled with my one of my guys who's six five and or six four and like 275 pounds yeah uh, who's a fellow blue belt also <laughs> you know so this guy's you know doing whatever and uh but it, it it it's a humbling experience though, especially you know sometimes we'll have we'll have a young lady in our gym before that these two hundred pound guys would come in and she would annihilate them, and I I've seen them back in the locker room with their head down thinking <laughs> what just happened to my manhood you know yep yep, it, yep. so it's like it's it's we ought to be prepared though and but you're right though it's a reality check. For me, mm-hmm. I was going to the gym before I started jiu-jitsu. I was going to the gym several times a week. I was lifting. I was doing cardio. I thought I was going to die on the warm-up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't know if this is for me, but I'm not quitting. I got no yeah. quit in me. So I was just like almost indignant for a while. Like this sport <laughs> will not conquer me. Right. But um, but it's a reality check. Some guys they they watch it. They they see a movie or something. These guys are fighting for you know. 10 minutes in this movie and it's like dude i'm right. telling you after, after 30 a car tasting yeah and after, after after a foot race and yeah, yeah yeah after 30 seconds man most guys on the planet are they're gonna be huffing and puffing yep you know and that's the name of jiu-jitsu though if i can last if i can last 30 to 40 seconds with a guy i got him right 99 percent of the people on the street i cross i got you if i can last 45 seconds through your rage and through your initial burst of energy mm-hmm. i'm gonna choke you and right. so, you know, so that mentality of preparedness leads you. It's just like being prepared with a scholar. You know, I've got some friends of mine that are in other religions and, you know, I'm prepared and they're, they're, start, they're asking questions and different things and I try to trip you up. And it's like, OK, yeah, come with it, because I know right. if I can, I'm just going to get through your little, you know, atheist or your little, you know, religious thing on this. And then it's like choke time. Right. Right. So, and, yeah. And and. Just one more plug for it. Why would you not want to be the most dangerous person in the room? I mean, seriously. That, oh, that's, I'm telling I mean, you. <laughs> and, 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 and to mentally mentally know that and, and to have yes. that uh, self-confidence because there's a lot of – speaking of just self-awareness, but people lacking self – I was talking with Pastor Grimaldi about this. Um, yeah. Uh, and and he's, he's preaching at a, at a singles thing. It should be – he's probably on his way back now. But um, was – he was talking about how this generation, my generation, our generation is so lacking in self-awareness. And like, like, like I, I thought, I thought I was, I didn't think I was a bad man or anything, but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I didn't walk into the gym thinking I was going to be, and I knew I was going to be horrible, but as you walk around your daily life, you know, I'm, I'm six, two, two thirty, I'll be all right. You know, yeah. we're like, no, no, you won't. So, so in the same way, spiritually speaking, if you don't put the time in, you're going to be messed up really quickly. Yeah. It's scripture. And I, it's funny because I give the, the guys I teach are getting more scripture than what they really know. But <laughs> right, I say, right. you know, pride comes before a fall. Yeah. Okay. Pride yep. comes before a destruction of the spirit before a fall. When, you, when your ego will not allow you to learn. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know I've, I've seen this amongst preachers. They don't think, well, hey, nobody can teach me anything. And I'm like, man, you're about you're you're about to crash. Right. And so I, I think it's it's more than just knowing that, you know, because I may not be the baddest guy in the room, but the baddest guy in the room is not going to beat me. Right. Okay. So that's a different mentality. I, I may not beat everybody in this room, but nobody in this room is gonna beat me. Right. And if you right. do, you're gonna pay a high, high price to be. Right. Right. And so I think I think that too is that, you know, people being self aware, this generation, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite um 
people uh, as far as promoting jujitsu. Um, I don't promote him or his podcast because he's, he's foul at certain times, but, uh, he, he said, you know, he's been training. He was, he was a national Taekwondo champion. Uh, he's got a black belt in, uh, uh, uh from two instructors in jujitsu. Okay. And he said, I am scared to fight. And he said, you watch these videos and these guys that get into fights, they don't know how to fight, mm-hmm. but it's like, they don't know what they don't know. They're not aware that some dude in this room might just kick my head in or right. choke me. Unco- and it's like this generation, it, it permeates every part of this generation. They think they know it all right. and they don't know what they don't. I, I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's the, the hyper grace movement. It's like, mm-hmm. you, I feel like it's movement. Uh, okay. So I got saved. My mother was 15 when she had me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that most people think I, cause I live with pastor Noonan. They sometimes think I'm a preacher's kid certain people they're like oh you were mm-hmm. raising the preachers i'm like no i wasn't I actually lived with him you know the end of my senior year going into wow. college okay and so but i was i mean i was born in gary indiana that's that right there i mean this, that was the murder capital of the states at the time if not the world but uh born in gary and so i grew up in some, some tough situations and uh but as 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 um I lost my train of thought a little bit but you know you go through something like that i think it was purpose of what i was saying that and it's like certain people, they, 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 in this grace movement, they're not the people that are coming from my situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. They, it's the radical grace movement and the modern day, uh, soon to be apostate, <laughs> new fundamental people is they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So those of us that were not saved in, out of Christian homes, we recognize what they're doing yep. right away. Yep. I I recognize the music right away. I recognize yep. the change of position on dress right away. I recognize these things and I'm like, man, because they don't associate it with the same things I do. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But see, it's like a jujitsu move. Dude, I, I was telling my guys today after class and I'm like, the reason why I choked you is five moves before I choked you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you and know. the re- and the reason they are on a and pe- people get all upset when you when you say are you saying I'm I'm on a slippery slope and I said this I think I was talking to Spencer Smith I said yeah that's kind of what we're saying because yeah. who you are gonna be in five moves or five years from yeah. now started now um, yeah. you didn't walk into j- the gym and become a blue belt just like that that yep. started years ago um, yep. and you didn't become who you are or lack thereof as a Baptist, as a Christian, or, you know, taking Baptist on sign because of who you are right now, you started on that path along and it pastor yeah. said it, well, multiple people have said it, but um, um, your d- direction determines your destination. That's yes. just, that's just simple. That That is what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and you can't, you can't get away from that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think that's people, the, the best way to learn is from the mistakes of others, right? Instead of your own Absolutely. mistakes. So what people take an upbringing like yours and poo poo it and think it's like, it, it, you, you don't know what you're talking about. And it, like a Todd Monaghan or a lot of these guys yeah. that came out of uh, Phil Claus or a lot of, a lot of these guys that came out of that a uh, guy um, that, that I follow a little bit, um, not, not a secular guy. One of his theses is one of his, his, his thoughts and, and not because he's enjoys or, or necessarily uh, wants it to or whatever, but something he's noticed is uh, this thought hip hop rules the world. 
And what he means, what he means by that, and I was just talking to someone about pastor friend of mine today. What he means by that is when you see 14, 15, 13 year old little girls wearing ripped jeans, you know where that came from? 18 months ago, some rapper posted on Instagram in Atlanta wearing ripped jeans. And what he said was, and and he he called it right then. He said in 18 months, the men are going to be wearing it too. Which is hilarious because it, so it is some rapper in Atlanta wears it, and then people following him, his, his teeny bopper, you know, these little girls following him, they have him now, and then in eighteen more months, and it's the the cycles, and we know what we can see. He's smart enough; it's it's pattern recognition. Yep, exactly. And and, and, and the thing is, guys, guys that are my age and me, we aren't old enough. We haven't seen enough iterations, enough generations to yeah. to see the pattern yet. Maybe, yeah. um, and some. I guess that's partly why some make the mistakes they do. But that's yeah. where you grab on to a guy like Dean Noonan or Joe Grimaldi yes. or Dan Woodward, yes. and you be like, they've seen it a couple times. They're not yeah. stupid. Um, and and it's, so, it's, go ahead. It's funny because there's there's an expression that I heard from an older jujitsu practitioner, and it, it was he was trying to correct a younger man who was kind of going on the wrong path, and he mm-hmm. said he said I was offering him guidance. Hmm. And so a lot of the old school guys, they'll say, okay, I'm going to give you guidance and they will Mm -hmm. use that term. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's what these guys need is there has to be some older men with Mm -hmm. wisdom, with discernment, with, with, with godly, uh, with the fruit of the spirit in his life that can say, listen, I'm, I'm going to offer you now. You got to be willing to accept it too. Right. Right. But there has to be somebody that you can get this guidance from to say, okay, man, you, 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 like you said, you can learn from the mistakes of others. Okay. Mm-hmm. I will take a guy and say, man, this is why, this is why I do it the way I do it now, because I kept getting caught. I kept getting choked this way. And so this is why I was doing that. Mm-hmm. You need to learn from this and offer these guys guidance. And, and the, the fatal flaw of it is the same thing with Rehoboam. It's like, they want to listen to people there. I see people all the time in the gym and it's like a white belt talking to another white belt. And I'm yeah. like, Dude, let me, let me got... show you how to do this heel hook here, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no, like, that's not a good idea. Like, okay. Yeah. You got the, you got a blue belt, you got purple belts, you got brown belts and you got, you know, uh fourth degree black belt at our gym. It's like, dude, don't ask this guy who's been training a week longer than you. Right. And I think that's where these guys get caught up. It's, it's like I said, there was, there was a song somebody sent me. Um, I think it's a song. I hope it's not secular, but uh, they just sent me the phrase, we're playing checkers while the devil's playing chess. Hmm. Hmm. And I think so many times these guys, I watched them. I watched John Donaher, that the mastermind mm-hmm. behind so much of jujitsu today. And he said this, he was watching a match between one of his students and somebody else. And he said, he was watching with, with another guy and he said, okay, that's where the mat, he just lost right there. And he was like, what are you talking about? The match still has two minutes left. He's like, no, when he made that little move right there, that guy lost. Like my mm-hmm. guy won in that little move right there. And I think sometimes spiritually speaking, we, you know, uh, the Bible says we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we are because our adversary is walking about seeking who may devour. I look at the devil now as like a jujitsu player. Mm-hmm. And he's looking for whatever. If your weakness is, you keep turning to your side, or you turn your back to that person. He's gonna choke you. 
Right. And and with independent Baptist, I think he is he has looked at some of the weaknesses or the tendencies in these guys, and he's saying, "Oh, okay, all right, you know, I'll right. get him through this. I'll get him through music. I'll get him through philosophy. I'll get him." Right. And it's like, man, you guys got to listen to the guys that are trying to to coach you. Yeah, they're not perfect, and yeah, they may have lost some matches themselves, mm-hmm. but there is not a better group of people that is getting the job done for the Lord. Right, and, and that, that's a great point. You're going against a player who's been playing the game for 6,000 years. And you want to talk about pattern recognition. He's seen it all. He's made it all happen again and again from the garden all the way to now. And you think you're going to play around with his stuff. Are you going to get wade in deep water with him? It's like, we're trying to bait him and think you want to get away with it. It doesn't doesn't make any sense because when you get the higher levels of stuff, you, you faint. And I, I, I'm speaking of this, with but but you, but you faint to move, you go for arm bar and you end up somewhere. You end up with something else. And we're trying to play this game with the devil. And we we need to stay in our lane, man. We got to, you got to stick with the, and you know, people like get all, uh, um, all off to you about the old time paths. It's like, no, there's, there's a reason they're well-trodden. And yeah. people haven't haven't slipped and fallen there because um, yeah. it, it, it's a good path. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I love that illustration of him being a jiu-jitsu player because yeah. he is a black belt among black belts oh, of choking goodness. Christians out. You know, it's was, it was funny, Brother Todd, one day I was we were the last time I was at football camp. I think it was like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he said I was showing somebody else something he he him and I were like showing. Uh, a couple people in his trailer or in his RV home, we mm-hmm. were showing some people some moves and Todd stopped me. I was showing somebody something and he stopped me and he was like, did you guys just see what he did? He was like, Oh my goodness. And he's, he's like, he, he's like, I think he's better than I am at jujitsu. And I thought it was funny, but I thought it was also very astute because you know, Todd and I both train, but I train specifically jujitsu. Right, right. And only jujitsu, which means mm-hmm. I am hyper focused on jujitsu, whereas right. he's got jujitsu and striking and this, mm-hmm. you know, right. and um, but uh, he recognized just in some little movement that I made, he was mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness, did you see how he moved right there. Right. And I think we, we have to. One one of the key missing words, I think, in our generation, I'm going to include myself because I still feel young, but uh, is hey, well, we're in the same glasses, man. We got exactly, exactly. I got to be, I got to be cool. But uh, um, is the 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 word discernment? Mm -hmm. The word discernment, I think, is lacking in our generation, and. you know, I think I think of the wise men. I heard Brother Tony Hudson preach a message one time on the wise men, mm-hmm. and, um, and he talked about how they they went another they they use wisdom in saying, you know what, this King Herod is acting like he's going to go worship the the baby, mm-hmm. but it's like it's something about it didn't sit right with these guys, and they're like, you know what, we're not going back the same way that we did. We're going in another direction from away from that guy because yep. they used some discernment, even though this guy claimed that he wanted to worship. Mm-hmm. Just like these guys, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, we want to worship God. We want to we want to adore Jesus. And and it's like, mm, you know what? Once I've been with Jesus, once mm. you've really been with Jesus, that's good. You are able to discern those who do not truly worship him mm. and have no desire to. Herod wanted to worship himself. Right. Herod, Herod wanted to worship the idea, of, but he also wanted to destroy Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. Right. And. These guys, they're, and I'm not saying they want to destroy the church. I, I wouldn't say that, but but they want to destroy the old time way. Right. 
And right. they they would they would rather. And it's so interesting because I, I I look at it and I think it's almost like our political system where Kim Jong Un is more willing to work with Donald Trump than Democrats are. Sure. And it's like logic is turned on his head. Right. And I feel like it's the same. I feel like these guys that are XIFB and whatever they want to call themselves, some of them are more willing to negotiate with a Jehovah's Witness or Mormon or Muslim than they are independent Baptist preachers. Right. And they are more gracious to them, Mm -hmm. to lost people than Mm -hmm. they are to their to their former independent Baptist. Right. Right. You know, and it's like it, there's no discernment to say they would. I think some of them they were like, if we if we close down, they'd be happy. But it's like they don't realize that they're they're trying to play checkers, man. But the devil's playing chess. Right. He he's after souls. He's after our bus routes. He's after revival. He wants to shut that down. And 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 I wouldn't want to be a part of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I would I would recognize it and say, oh wait a minute, this guy's keeps letting me turn over this way. He's probably about to choke me. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's one of the things we don't we don't realize sometimes is the devil doesn't really care if we do his will. Yeah. As long as we're not doing God's will. It's it's just like in in a competition or whatever. As long I'll let you score points as long as you score one less point than I do. That's all that matters. And so as long as you're not doing God's perfect will for your life, devil's fine with that. You, you, you can be a good person and you can be doing good things. And that's where I think a lot of times, well, there, um, but people are coming to church there and they're winning souls and all that stuff. And, and, and I, I won't down, downplay being souls being yeah. one, but yeah. there's, there's the ends don't justify the means. Um, right. and it'd be like, like in a jujitsu tournament, just, you know, hauling off and smacking somebody <laughs> unless you're in combat jujitsu, you got a problem, man. You got a lot of people mad at you. Um, you got to play by the rules and God had, yeah. God has some rules. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think a lot of things that are precept, I, I had uh, brother John O'Malley, you may not know him, but brother John O'Malley on, um, but he, you know, three P's precept given by God, a principle, and, and you've heard this before, but then preference, and they're, they're assuming that all these things that are um, that we hold to, they're all preferences. Well, no, man, they're, they're built on principles, built on right. precepts. And yes. so um, you got to be you got to be careful with all that. So yep. what else you got going on, man? We got a few minutes left here. Jiu Jitsu, local church evangelist. If you had some parting words with the people at home, what would they be? Oh, man, just uh just uh man find out figure out what's important to you in life you know that that's something that if i could emphasize that to everybody um god first god family church um and they're not in competition with each other they ought to complement each other but i think man if we, if we can get our priorities right i think in our in our nation in our homes in our churches it'll be straightened out we we have to get right with God. We have to get right with God. We have to allow him to permeate. And that's, that's the revival part of what I do. Mm-hmm. It is getting people back. I, I say it all the time. I believe part of my ministry as an evangelist is getting to people to believe God is who he said he is. Mm-hmm. He can do what he says he can do. Okay. And we can trust him for who he is. And right. if we will get back to that. That is true revival in its essence. All the other stuff that comes along, revival is not people getting saved. It's not people crying. All those things happen when we believe God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do, and we trust him. And if we will get back to that, that's why my main focus is revival, because that's our personal relationship. Mm -hmm. Once we can get that right, we can start to begin to get our families right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay? We can start now that God has changed us. We can uh, now begin to change our relationships with others, getting right with our spouses, getting right with our preachers, getting right with our fellow church members, getting right with our neighbors, uh, getting right with those who we work with. You know, the Bible says, you know, from whence cometh wars. So, well, we, we have wars without because we have wars within. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we're fighting. We're trying to live for the world and live for the devil. You know, live for God at the same time. And it says, no, friendship with the world. All that in James chapter two and four. It's like, nope, it's, it's a struggle going on inside of us. And when we struggle right. inside of us with living a worldly lifestyle and trying to live for Christ, there's going to be war without us. So we got to get right with God first and got to get right with our families. And then we got to get right with the with the church community. And then it'll spread out from there. Um, and uh, if I could ever be a help to any of your folks, I'm a down-to-earth person. I am a, you know, if somebody messages me, you know, as long as they're not, you know, asking me, did Mary have a little lamb? You know, I, I will give them the time of day. But any churches out there, if we, if we could be a help to you, uh, we'd love to come. I, I sing also. I play the piano. My wife, um, when, they, when they're able to join me, my, wife, my family isn't full-time on the road with me. Um, that's another conversation we like to have sometime. But, uh, but uh, my wife is actually a public school teacher. Oh, and uh, so she taught special ed, and now she's in a regular fourth grade around the corner from our church's school. Very cool. Um, so God's allowed, I mean, I, I wish I could say all of what God is allowing her to do and influence there. It, it's, it's amazing. People think it's a mission field. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And I wish people would look at it that way and not just abandon the public school. Right. Um, you know, when Christians moved out 40 years ago, of course, it, it left a vacuum. And I think there are some reasons why. And my kids go to Christian school, you know, so obviously I'm pro-Christian school. But uh, we cannot forget that mission field. There's, I believe there's 48, 48 million young people in our in our school systems. Wow. And, and we can rant and rave all we want to about where our nation's going. But if we leave these young people to themselves, a child left himself causes mother shame. Mm-hmm. And when we leave these souls to themselves, they're going to cause us, our nation, and our God shame. Right. You know, and God's looking, I think God's looking, I, I'm, I'm proud to say two, two of the four members of our quartet, their wives are public school teachers. Hmm. Um, of the Faith Men Quartet. And um, that's another thing I'm passionate about. Man, how did yeah. I not bring up the quartet? <laughs> but uh, God's allowed us to make eight CDs, and we're number nine right now is already recorded. So it's getting ready to come out in a few months um, here. So we're excited right. about that. But yeah, but man, keep the Lord close to you. Keep Stay tender, folks. Stay humble, stay holy, per Pastor Noonan. Amen. Stay humble, stay Amen. holy. I, I, I love that accountability he provides for you and, and put, you know keeping on you. Um, and that's one of the beauties of being local church and, and having that, that shepherd, uh, e- even as you're far afield, um, he's still, yeah. still looking out for you. That's awesome. Absolutely. Man. Well, I greatly appreciate you taking the time. We were tapping on right at an hour. Let me see here where are we at. We are, we just went over an hour. This is officially the longest one. The, we wow. just did an hour. And, and honestly, I feel like we, I, I feel like we just started to be yeah, honest with you. Yeah. No, I feel like we, we could talk to Jitsu for another couple of hours for sure, man. man I'm sure. telling you, we got to do it again. <laughs> I got to get training so I can get that, that in person. And, um, cause I can tell you, like Todd said, you're definitely better at jujitsu than I am. So I've got, I've got to get, <laughs> got to get better. And I, I wouldn't recognize all the subtle little things, but absolutely. Hey, greatly appreciate it. If anyone takes anything away, go train jujitsu, get close to God. Be humble. Be holy. It was a cliff notes for you. You don't have to listen yeah. to the whole thing now. You're good to go if you missed it. But hey, I really appreciate it. Stick around for just a second. We're going to end this thing. We'll talk about this. That was a lot of fun. The next episode, number seven, with 
Pastor Jeremy Houston is coming your way very soon. Hope you get a chance to listen to that. Hope you're enjoying these podcasts. Check out MikeMcCurry.com for more information.